High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, welcome back to High Noon, and it's time now for Numbers That Talk. My guest, of course, as always, the senior statistician at the Central Statistics Office. CSO.ie is where you go to get all the information. And, of course, it is Deirdre Cullen. Deirdre, welcome to the programme. Thanks, George. Now, anybody who can make a romance out of waste, as you did last week, (laughs) like Brexit must be positively exciting. I, I, you know, that'll we la- allow the listeners to determine that. Yeah, because you posted me a book, Brexit, Ireland and the UK in numbers from the Central Statistics Office. Very good, yeah. Readily available? Readily available on the CSO website. And that's just the first step because following the, the actual publication, we're going to put up a further series of tables and a dashboard as well to monitor uh, the various indicators in that. So how it came about, George, is, I mean, the CSO produces a wide range of data on every topic under the sun from people, investment, companies, agriculture, all the stuff I've been talking about. But sometimes it's useful for the users of the data to pull everything together under a single theme. And Brexit, of course, was a perfect example of that. So what we did was we pulled together the data on um, British nationals living in Ireland, um, cross-border commuters uh, from Ireland to Northern Ireland, um, tourism uh, statistics, so visits to Ireland by UK nationals, numbers of Irish people employed in the UK, and then, of course, the trade data. So uh, we, we covered a whole kind of range of stuff. In yeah, but in report. that quick kind of intro there, suddenly a gaggle of things are going through my head immediately. Yeah. Sure. Like. So, like, I, ha- I hadn't even thought about cross-border commuting. Yeah, so like, that's something that we did uh, coming out of the 2011 census. So when we, when we uh, you know, um, process the census data, we identify where people work and where they live so that we can generate you know, uh, transport statistics, travel statistics. And so we we coded people to where they worked in Northern Ireland as well. And then Northern Ireland did a similar exercise. So about 14,000 people commute every day across the border. About 8,300 go north and about uh, 6,500 come south. Yeah, but if you had a hard Brexit then and you had customs posts and everything, that'd make life very difficult very, for very difficult. 14,000 people. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So what we found was that the the people coming from Northern Ireland to work in Ireland every day, work or study, they were coming from all over Northern Ireland, but their destination was concentrated in Dublin, whereas those going north were very much concentrated around the border counties, Monaghan, Donegal, Cavan, um, and they were going primarily to uh, Belfast and Derry. Yeah, because, I mean, it's only a hop, skip and a jump from Monaghan, say. Yeah, if you're on the border, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Tommy Bow now, the rugby player, he, like he was from Monaghan, but he went to school in the north. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there'd, so be, we, there'd be a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we saw people going across the border for study as well as for work, so it wasn't yeah. just workers. Now, you mentioned again, because you were te- I know you were teasing me with this intro, you, you mentioned about Irish working in Britain. Yeah. Was this like in the back of your mind you were thinking that they all might be thrown out in a hard Brexit or something? Well, I know your daughter's over there, George, yeah. so it's going to have a direct impact on you. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, or on your family. Um, so there's about just over 300,000 Irish people are working in foreign affiliates abroad and of that 86,000 are working in the UK. 
So a significant number of people. They're Irish owned companies in the UK. Now, that's not all Irish people in the UK. So then I went to the UK statistics website to see how many Irish nationals they identified in their census in 2011. And um, the figure is uh, 407,000 Irish nationals. So that would have been living in the UK in 2011. But like that... A massive number if, again, we go back to this hard Brexit <clears throat> thing, if if uh, the movement was, like, it was all, not all the 407,000, but you can bet your bum a huge number of them were coming backwards and forwards for holidays and Christmas and well, all this kind of stuff. I'll come on to the, to the tourism statistics Please. in a minute, but that's 407,000, sorry, that's just in England and Wales, so there's another 50,000 in Scotland and Northern Ireland, so it's so actually 460,000, but <clears throat> back in the 1950s it was 680 so it's fallen significantly since the 50s, 60s, 70s. We saw the numbers fall a lot uh, between 91 and 2000. It fell from half a million to 400,000. Yeah. So we're now their fourth most important <coughs> foreign national group. Um, whereas for uh, the vast majority of, of time that these numbers are available, we were their most important. Yes, but if you think of the whole Brexit debate, and you and I aren't talking politics here, we're talking numbers, but the whole, one of the key things in the Brexit debate was foreigners. You know, now we always don't consider ourselves foreigners in England because we have the common area and so on. But if, like, it puts a number on the difficulty if a hard Brexit happened, where in some way we wouldn't have the freedom if we were treated like Latvians, Lithuanians and Estonians. Isn't that right? That's it. I, I mean, you can see that the challenges are enormous and they talk about the special relationship between, yeah. you know, the United Kingdom and Ireland and that that will continue. And then, of course, that raises issues then back to the border. So the challenges are significant. But the one of the things that everybody is talking about, of course, is trade. The first signs of it are change in the value of sterling against the euro, making it difficult for Irish exporters. But what about the movement of goods to and from? Again, if we had customs or duties or tariffs or all kinds of stuff, what's the movement like? So I was on it a couple of months ago, wasn't I, talking about overall imports and exports. Yeah. And on that, I touched on uh, exports to the UK. So uh, exports to the UK were 14 billion last year, um, accounting for 12 percent of, uh, of of all our exports. Our, our imports, a quarter of our imports come from the UK. So imports from the UK um, were 17 billion. So the, the, the movement back and forth is very, very significant. 35 billion worth of goods moving across the borders every year. My guest is uh, Deirdre Cullen, who's a senior statistician at the Central Statistics Office. Like the trade thing is in, how many billion again, did you say? About 35 billion moving back, back and forth. Forward, yeah, 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 yeah. So imports, about a quarter of our imports come from the UK. The most important products there are uh, petrol and gas. <coughs> So, so we might be back to the horse and cart now if there was a big problem. Yeah, but, you know, but I mean, like, for instance, people like M&S and so on. You know, Ingrid's a big fan of the M&S food stuff, you know. But most of that's done in the UK, probably, and it comes over in refrigerated vans. Now, what they do, of course, is they drop off in Dublin and then they go to Belfast or vice versa or whatever. Now, that kind of trade movement, where at the moment they're looking at one island they could be looking at two different, completely different locations for their trucks travelling. 
who knows how this is all going to play out, George. It's 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 certainly yeah. I wouldn't like to be the one trying to solve these no, problems. No, but, 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 but the they numbers are, are given the size of it. They are. They are. Yeah. And then, like you say, we have those 86,000 people working in Irish companies in the UK and they're turning over 37 billion euro of turnover every year. So a lot of the very large Irish companies we'd all be familiar with, like Greencore, CRH, Kerry Group, Paddy Power, they all have operations in the UK and are employing significant numbers of Irish people over there. Yeah. Now, the tourism, of course, like um, there's two kinds of tourism. There's the Irish coming home and then there's the British that we love coming over because they spend more more money than Americans. Apparently, British actually (laughs) spend quite a bit of money on the holidays. I think they they spend below average. So let me just Just show us difference between (laughs) fact and opinion. dear. There you go. But you see, if you think about it, um, we're talking about this strong relationship between Ireland and the UK and the number of Irish living over there. And then I've other numbers in front of me about the number of UK nationals living in Ireland. And a lot of those are living with Irish people. So when um, UK nationals come to Ireland, a lot of them will be staying in family homes, private households, staying with visitors. So that would bring their spending down, I'd imagine. They spend on average um, 247 euro per trip, uh, whereas the total would be closer to 500 euro per trip. So they are spending less. But I'd say that's probably because... Like I said, they're they're staying with with friends and relatives. But but so, uh, uh, as I say, the the British are coming to and from. Now, are you able to tell how many of these people getting off the boat in Dunleary or off the uh, getting off at the airport? How many of them are actually Irish coming home as opposed to British visiting? Well, they'd be identified as British nationals in in this statistical report. So, if right. they're Irish nationals. They, you know, they they wouldn't be reported this way. So if we look at trips to Ireland in 2015, eight and a half million trips to Ireland, of which three and a half million were by UK nationals. So 41% of our trips to Ireland are by UK nationals. So hugely important when it comes to... Now, those people will be coming to Ireland for business and for uh, leisure. So sure. it's, it's not just uh, tourism. Yeah, um, but, it, but hugely it, important in terms of, if you like, airplanes landing at Dublin Airport and ships pulling into Dunleary. That, you know, four out of 10 people getting off those vehicles are, are UK nationals. But it's so easy. Like the thing about it is that because of the special relationship we always had, that like we just we just flashed our passport and we went through the easy queue, whereas other people had to go through the, the quite difficult customs thing. If this, we're looking at enormous numbers here and 40% of our tourism trade of pe- visitors... Mm. They might well say, it's not worth the hassle. Well, they have to go somewhere. I, look, there's very strong business links with Ireland. I mean, we're seeing that through the Irish people working yeah. in the UK. We're yeah. seeing it through through the transport, the import-export statistics, etc. So all of that has to continue. It's just how expensive it becomes yeah. for people or how inconvenient. I mean, I hear you saying they have to go somewhere. But the point is, they might well make a decision about coming to Ireland because it's so easy. But if it, the choice was, listen, it's just as easy to go to France in the Channel Tunnel or go to Ireland on the ferry, you know. Well, remember, might, George, the France is part of this whole mix now as well. So it's yeah. the UK versus the rest of Europe. It is, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, I can't see how, if anything 
thing, you'd have to imagine that the relationship with Ireland will remain a bit more favourable than it will with France and Germany. But that's all that's all to come and we just don't know. And so that wouldn't be for me to say. But, you but know? your numbers, though, are <coughs> indicating the scale of the of difficulty. The that's the point, yeah, really. Yeah. Like it's not for us to decide how it's going no, to work. No, not at all. But we can see the scale we of can the see, difficulty. And that's why the CSO produced this report so that, you know, whatever is kind of decided or how this whole thing plays out, at least they'll have some facts and figures in front of them to help them, you know, come to those decisions. So I have other numbers in front of me on um, UK nationals living in Ireland. So the last census told us there was 112,000 UK nationals living here. So this would be like Michael Collins in 1922. We'd be kicking them all out, wouldn't we? (laughs) I guess so. 112,000. 112,000. So for a long, long, long time, they were by far our most important uh, not yeah. Irish national group, but they've been overtaken by the Polish now and they're in second place. <laughs> All right, okay. um, but I suppose the Polish have overtaken a lot of people across Europe. If we look at it by place of birth, there's 290,000 people living in Ireland who were born in England and Wales, Scotland or Northern Ireland, but only 112,000 say that they're British, they're British nationals. Yeah. So an awful lot of those are identifying clearly as, as being Irish nationals. And then if we look at where the UK nationals are living, of course, they're living all over uh, Ireland. But slightly proportionately fewer live in Dublin and proportionately more live in Cork. So that might really? surprise people. And in, Despite Michael as, Collins <laughs> killing all their relatives. Well, there's a clearly a strong relationship <laughs> between Cork and uh, and England. You know, when we looked at it, I think it was a couple of censuses ago, we did a report and we profiled all the different foreign national groups. And when we looked at the British nationals, um, the most popular town for British nationals to live was Kinsale. So again, that that mightn't surprise people that they were three years on average older than the general population. Um, Slightly more of the men were retired and a lot of them live with Irish people in their households. Um, now, those figures are a bit old and we might update now, them. But when you're talking census. about living with Irish people, do you mean like the wife or something or just that they would be in a B&B or something? Oh, no, in private households and the other people in the private household All are right. in Irish. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm pre- pre- presumably their spouse, yeah. All right, so you'll get Deirdre, of course, on the podcast by going to newstalk.com forward slash high noon. Deirdre Cullen is chief statistician at the CSO.